Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Don't worry, listeners, I'm sure you would have picked up that we had a bit of a different uh, audio on the, on, on the intro um, after our usual. Now, there's a very, very valid reason for that. You, you, you probably heard the, the, the sound of Africa in that, in that instrumental. You're going to find out why very, very shortly. Anyway, hello, listeners, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As always, I'm your host, Budge, and I'm joined by my two faithful co-conspirators, Dot and Dej, gents, how are we doing, man? Budge, man, I'm good, man. How are you? How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm feeling good, man. Back in the studio, back with the lads. You know, it's been it's a good little to have while. You back. That's it, man. You know, last week I was I was upset, man. I couldn't be in the studio. Yeah, I, that I was can, a massive, can, massive episode. I can see the scar tissue. Hundred percent, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. It just didn't feel right, man. But you know what? I I have to say I enjoyed it because I I managed to listen from the perspective of a fan. I hadn't heard any of the content or anything like that. Um, so when I was listening on a Monday morning, it was just like a completely new experience for well, me, what did, you, what did you think of my hosting? Man? I you thought, didn't I even give me feedback fantastic. on that book, No, you do you know, know what? what? <laughs> I, have to, I have to give it to you, lads. You put on an absolute clinic. You Safe, asked bro. the right, right questions, literally. Um, and, and it was really, really good to hear the insight that Gavin had to, to pass on. He's a really, really well-spoken person. Yeah, yeah. He's um, just, and, uh... and just the way that he broke that, things down when he was explaining things, it was like, it was so clear, do you know what I mean? And I, I really, really appreciated that, that man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was good to get him on. Obviously, being my manager and mentor, mm. it was good to, you know, pick his brains. Obviously, he coached me, you know, around five to ten years ago. And to, you know, see how he's, you know, evolved and changed in that time, it was very, very good to see. And again, we've got to thank him again for giving us his time. You know, everyone's been saying how much they loved it and yeah. it's been getting good reviews. So that's what we're here to do give the best possible content to our listeners yeah yeah man i i, I just want to thank everyone for the engagement man i mean like you you guys don't understand that like when you guys interact with us and you know engage with us on twitter it really makes our day mm. we appreciate all of you there was a lot of positive feedback and i think when you get feedback like that it just shows how special the man gavin is yeah. and we appreciate what he's doing and we're, we're massive Dulwich hamlet fans 
Hundred percent. You know what? So, something else that's quite interesting as well is like how far-reaching the episodes are. So obviously we share them amongst our friends and and so on and so forth. But like the, the feedback that we get from people that we would have never expected to to listen to it. Mm. And and uh, one thing in particular was like um, there was like a lifelong Dulwich Hamlet fan that was responding, and he was like, you know, speaking about you know. Uh, having gone to matches for something like what fifty odd years, crazy. And he was talking about uh, Erhan, for example, about that, you know yeah. the, the, uh, he he's was the like best the best player, player he's yeah, ever yeah. seen play. It's just stuff like that. It's it's really really re rewarding, man. Mm. When you put out content and you you know you see people responding in that way, man. It's, it, it was good. It that's the name of the game, and yeah. that's what we're going to continue to do. You know, get the best possible guests to provide the best possible insight. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's, that's what it's it. all about. What, Dej, how was your how was your weekend, man? Yeah, I had a very very good weekend. It was a chilled one. You know, went out with family and stuff, and mm. had a good bite to eat. So yeah, yeah, yeah man, yeah, it was yeah. a chilled one. You know, I love family time. You know, I'm all mm. about family. So anytime I spend with with the family is great. So Butch, how about you, man? How was your weekend? Don't um, worry, I'm not trying to take been, your hosting. <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite an eventful weekend for me, man. Um, so I was actually involved in a march. How was um, that? Which was basically to raise awareness against gun and knife crime in the community. So um, I did a march with the, the VYG, the Victory Youth Group. Um, and it was something that actually was, it was fantastic, man. Um, we, I think there was close to 700, 800 people that wow. um, went on the march. It was from Cannontown all the way down to Stratford. And like I said, it was basically to to do our little part to raise awareness against gun and knife crime. I mean, you know, we're we're, we're all privy to the fact that mm -hmm. it is, you know, a really really massive problem in the community. It's a at the plague. Moment. It's a plague it, and it, like a cancer. Hundred percent needs to be eradicated. And, and things are getting worse and worse and worse. So even though you know it was, you know, in 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 the grand scheme of things, something very very small. It's you know, if if we all have that mentality to do the little bit that we can do. Then you know that's that's how change starts, you know. Yep. Um, so so we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna carry on, um, you know, doing things like that. I'm I'm always very very interested to no, take part in stuff of like course, that. Well I do my man. part, you that's, know. That's so, brilliant. So it was great, man. So shout out to them. There was also a coverage across BBC and ITV and stuff. So it was pretty big business, man. Mm, that's and big. some good, uh, well esteemed guests as well. Um, like um, you know, uh, members of parliament and stuff like that, and local councillors. So it was great. That's dope, bud. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, so now let's move on to, you know, uh, what we talk what, about. What we here. talk about <laughs> the art, the beautiful game that we all love, um, and you know what. I have to say and put it out there. We absolutely spoil our listeners on our podcast. You guys yeah. are. Certainly <laughs> through this summer, we have been really, really giving them keep, special guests I, after special guests. I keep telling you that you guys are too nice, you know, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the name of the game, though. Like, we just, over this summer period, we just wanted to get the best possible guests, you know. Mm. Football, you can talk about transfers, this and that. Yeah, but yeah. we want to provide the real insight. Yeah, People yeah, yeah. in the game, the different stakeholders in the game. Yeah. Managers, journalists, you know, coaches, players. All that, aspects of the game, yeah, man. man. No matter the leagues as well, you know. From We from, don't from discriminate right game, on this right platform. <laughs> Anyone in the game, we want to get them welcome on. to come on. Absolutely. And so yet again, we have another stellar episode. We have a very, very well-esteemed guest um, in, in Raman Osman, who is, uh, I would say, probably the pillar uh, for for covering, um, Afro, uh, you know, uh, African football Um He's a he he's a, a journalist for the Mirror and and for four four two as well, um, and to be honest, I I have to put it out there and say, in in all the time that I've been on Twitter, I haven't seen I haven't seen someone who 
has covered a, a tournament in, in as much detail and, and, and provided as much coverage. Granularity. Uh, and, and honestly, like, like he, he really, really, you know, delivers and, and, and has delivered. He, deliver, for, for he delivered Afcon. a virtual also, yeah. as Michael likes I, to say. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. A shout out to Michael. And he certainly is like, you know, somewhat of a, a big brother to the platform. Um, we, we really appreciate the fact that we've managed to um, to get him on. You know, he's a very, very busy guy. You know, we usually like to have our guests in the studio. We couldn't actually have him physically here, but he said, you know what, regardless, he's gonna call he's gonna call in and we're gonna still be able to to have him on. So we'll, we'll get him on, we'll get him in the studio yeah, physically of course. soon. I mean that coverage that he provided was stupendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like I was there. You yeah. know, the interviews with Mane, the everything it was lovely. Yeah. Absolutely. Kulibali, yeah. everyone. I mean, this is someone that's actually involved in the game. He's got an intimate connection with the players and yeah. I think it shows in his reporting. Yeah, 100%. And obviously, he managed to do it firsthand because he was actually out there in Egypt whilst the AFCON was going on. So, so without further ado, let's welcome Rahman Osman to the platform, man. Rahman, we're just um, introducing you. Can, you. can you hear? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Um, yeah, so, yes, we can hear you. So, we've got um, Rahman Osman on the line. So, yeah, tell us, Afcon, give us a brief roundup. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm particularly happy that I get to be part of this really um, inspiring Afcon edition of the podcast. But, yeah, the African Cup of Nations was really special for different kind of reasons. Now, first reason was that this was the very first African Cup of Nations that was being played in the summer. And also, this was the first mm-hmm. African Cup of Nations that had an expansion. So normally, they had 16 teams, but this was expanded to 24 teams. So these were the two teams that stood out. So in the past, we had players having issues with coming because their clubs were in the middle of fighting for the title. And you'd wonder, or you'd agree with me, that mm. the past season, Liverpool were chasing Manchester City. And the top three of Liverpool, two of them were African. Yep. Sadio mm-hmm. Mane, who played very well for Senegal, and Mohamed Salah, who had an average competition. So you can imagine what would have happened to Liverpool if they were to leave in December mm-hmm. or in January yeah, for the African yeah. Cup of Nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. on that page, I spoke to uh, Mane, and he said to me that, yeah, the timing of the African Cup of Nations helps them a little bit because then they were focused only on one thing, club mm-hmm. football, and then after that, they knew they could always come and play for the app. Nation. So, mm. on the timing on its own was good. Now, I'll give you a really good touching on some of the players that really did very well. Oh, and some yeah, of them yeah. who were very disappointed. So, the biggest disappointment for me, and I have to say, is Mohamed Salah. Now, Salah. Wow. And what, what, what was, makes you say that? What makes you. Yeah, because Salah is like the biggest African star in the Premier League. And so, he always carries a lot of responsibilities wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. However, if you saw him playing the African Cup of Nations, even though he scored, I think, two goals in the competition, he never really came to the party. There was never a game you could eventually say that this was the Liverpool Mohamed Salah but, we are seeing. But Raman, was that a problem with more Egypt? Like they lack the quality. Um... Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you can make make the argument. But on the whole scale of stuff, it's just the same. Like maybe when Sadio Mane has to play for Senegal. The quality is not the same as he plays in Liverpool, but the effort and his delivery was almost at that particular level. And I spoke to a lot of Egyptians because I spent a lot of time in Egypt during that period. And they said to me that they just find it very difficult to accept that Mo is unable to replicate the same club performance 
when it comes to the national team. But Roman, I agree with you, having been in football for some time, I agree with you that sometimes it's not just the quality of the player, it's the quality the of the team as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But he had a really um, underwhelming Afghan Cup of Nations and um, it was really, really one of the reasons why South Africa were able to also defeat um, Egypt yeah, at the yeah. round of 16. Mm-hmm. One person that has done extremely well in the competition, and I, I keep referring to England because we're in England. Yeah, and most yeah, of, of course. Yeah. Are in England. <laughs> One of the guys that done, does done really well for himself, and I'm really, really happy with the way he played was um, Manchester City's Riyad Mahrez. Now, Mahrez, this team had never won the African Cup of Nations since he was born. And so it was a really big wow. deal for Algeria. Mm-hmm. And there was no better way for him to write his name in gold than in that semi-final game against Nigeria. 95th minute, the ball was outside the penalty box and he just stepped out. Everybody knew that with Mahrez was going to be a bender and he did it. It was amazing. One of the best yeah, things that- I've seen on a football pitch and he played extremely well. Yeah, that goal was a devastating blow. Yeah. I'm Nigerian mm-hmm. myself and when I, yeah. when I saw that goal, I fell down to the floor. Yeah, it was really good. You should have been at the stadium. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, this is one of really Maris's big, big... Ma- There's only good mentions for players also like Idrissa Garnaghi of Everton. He played extremely well in the competition. What, what do you calm. think of him? Because we know that he's going to PSG. What, what's your take? Good midfielder to have in your team. Um, it's, it, if, you, if you're somebody who believes in statistics, his numbers are incredibly good. Only maybe in Golo Kante... It's got more interceptions than him in the last two years or more. So mm-hmm. he's a very good player. He's beyond being a good player, he's also a very big leader in the Senegalese team. I don't know so much of how influential he is at Everton. But when it comes to Senegal, he was one of the really big pillars of that particular um team that they play. So if eventually he leaves to go to PSG, it might be good for him because PSG have a lot of money. They bundle it around these days. But he will be a big mm. loss for Everton, that's for sure. Do you think? Do you think it re- represents good value for money, Roman? In terms of his age at the moment, I think he's 28, 29. To move for almost. Uh, well, 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 I still think that there's a lot of football in him, and if you look at um, PSG, one of the biggest problems they had last season was that they didn't have a solid midfield. They had big name defenders and big-name attackers, mm-hmm. and they were so light in the middle of the peg. Mm-hmm. Adrian Rabio didn't want to play for them because he wanted to leave the club. They, they had to go and buy Lasana Diara, who couldn't just make it. And so they <laughs> need somebody who's extremely strong and fighting spirit and wants to play for the club. I think that Idris Aganagi feels that he can't play in the Champions League and he wants to play for a big club. That deal should have happened in January. And then Everton stifled that deal. Yeah. If it opens up again, I think he'll take that deal. I think he will take it. Yeah, Roman, Ole Aina, I know we touched the Nigeria a bit earlier. He's recently moved from Chelsea to Torino. How good of a move is that? And do you think Chelsea have missed the trick by selling no, him for a poultry £10 million? Not really. Um, Aina is a very good attacking right-back. Um, who can play at left-back also. He's very good attacking lateral defender defensively i'm not too sure for the player himself i felt that the move to chelsea was a jump too high for him chelsea's a big club i've seen a lot of players come to chelsea and have just failed to cut it a typical example is timo bakayoko i saw bakayoko come to the etihad and he alongside mendy they tore they tore aside um 
Manchester City. But look at Timo Bakayoko at Chelsea. He plays as if he's scared. Yeah, yeah. He plays as if he doesn't know. So Chelsea's a big jump. There was a guy from Ghana, Baba Rahman. They both yeah, the left back. Left, left back, yeah. He had a really terrible time. This season at Osberg, and they said he was the best left back in Germany before coming. And he played as if he wasn't ready. So there are a lot of issues that when you move to a club like Chelsea, and that's what happened to Aina. Torino, the expectations there are really low. And Aina, if he wants to get to that level, he needs to play at a competitive and decent level, like the Serie A. And if he gets up for two seasons, then he can make the big step. I don't think he's going to play at Chelsea, even if he stayed at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think he would make it. So it's a good move for him. But, but, and you could tell from his performance. Rahman, d- don't you think he's better than Alonso, though? Don't you think he's better than the options no, Chelsea no, no, have? No, 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 no. I don't think. I know. You see, Alonso gets a lot of passion. But I, I've seen Alonso play in person, I've seen him train in person. I I, um, I get the chance to go to Cobham to see sometimes they train. And I'm telling you this, I'm yet to see a left back technically gifted. I'm not talking of pace and intelligence. Or I'm just talking of pure technique. That guy should be playing left side attacking. He's but there's really different good. facets to the game, Raman. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That as a complete footballer, yeah, mm-hmm. he's not a bad footballer. Of he's course. Just, he's not a likable footballer. Alonso is not a likable footballer. But he's not as bad as social media or football commentators take into it. I don't mm-hmm. think all Definitely. Like even for the even for the title winning um Chelsea um, you know, team, he was like a pivotal figure for yeah. for, for them. Yeah. So I think he does get a bit of a bashing um He does. Uh, and again, it's again it, it, it to be fair to him also, what he lacks on the defensive shape, he he makes up for it on the attacking ship. I saw Antonio Conte come to England and win the Premier League on his first season. And I can say that 15% of that Chelsea winning title was down to Alonso's contribution on the left wing back position. Mm-hmm. I think that he's, he doesn't get a lot of credit because of his past from Spain and all the things that happened to him outside the pitch. But he's not as bad as to a point that Ola Aina could get in a team ahead of him. Okay, fine. Fair, fair point. Thank you for that, um, for, for that, Raman. The, ne- the next player we wanted to actually ask you about um, is one who's, uh, you know, is, is rumoured to be joining Arsenal uh, in, in a huge uh, uh, deal. Uh, the, 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 the fee that's being quoted is 72 million for, for Nicolas Pepe. Um, so what we want to ask you, Raman, is basically, you know, um, do, you, do you think that he's ready for that big money move? And what kind yeah. of player will Arsenal be, be getting in Nicolas Pepe? So they're going to get a very exciting young African player, hungry and strong mentally and physically also. Mm-hmm. Now, Pepe is one of the players I, I monitored last season. I really did like the way he played for Dill. And he was exciting. He was He's more like a hungrier version of Wilfred Zaha with goals. Wow. That's wow. How, okay. A so hungrier version of Wilfred Zaha. With goals. So you would say he's better than Wilfred Saha? Not necessarily better because Zaha understands the Premier League better because Zaha's played here. Sometimes when you move here, you need time to adapt. Of course. But of on course. the scale of footballer, he might be on par with Zaha, but he's more hungry because he doesn't have the name Zaha has. He doesn't have the fame Zaha has. So that's, that, that's, the, the, that's, that's, that's the difference he's got. And he had an incredibly good season last season. 
he scored more than anybody else bar Kylian Mbappe. Mm -hmm. he 22 goals. He second in the league title. And even though I feel he had a really underwhelming African Cup of Nations. He got dropped. Roman, he got dropped for Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. yeah, because Zaha's profile as a player is bigger. I don't think Zaha necessarily played well or better than him also when Zaha had the opportunity. That's how I think. But he, as a profile, that's why he, he would be hungry to establish. This is the home of world football. If you play in England and you give it your best, your profile as a player shoots up immediately. And I think that that's what is going to happen to somebody like Pepe if he sees his opportunity. And what a team to come into. He's got Uba Miyang, who is from Gabon. Mm -hmm. He's got Lacazette, who's got an African background, but plays like an African forward. And then to complement this attack, they could rival the top three of even Liverpool. So would, so, so would you say Arsenal are favourites to finish in the top four with this signing? Not necessarily. I saw. I just saw Arsenal play about a few hours ago against Lyon, and they lost. Oh yeah, you were at the game. How how was yeah, it? How was, was it? It was a terrible game from Arsenal <laughs> because they scored one in the first half, and they lost everything in the second half. And the same problems they have they have last season: the defensive setup issues, the issues of how they are going to be able to keep their shape when teams come at them. Those are the leadership at the back, as we speak, even. In the mix zone, I tried to ask um, Granit Xhaka that what does he think that the situation with Kosciene is because it could be very disrupted. Now, this mm -hmm. is a club who's got a captain who, who doesn't want to play for the club anymore. He's training with the 23s mm -hmm. when the team is preparing for the season. That's psychologically a big issue. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of issues going on at that club. So Pepe would not, it could be really good addition, but he's not going to be the reason where they go to talk for because Somebody needs to be good at the back. When Liverpool were signing all the best players, somebody had to tell Klopp, listen, you've got to fix your goalkeeping situation. Yeah, but, mm -hmm. but Rahman, this, this took three years. It's not one summer that you address all issues, no? Surely, like, this is a great start. Yeah, oh, of course, this is a very good start. But Arsenal have always bought good players. But the problem is that there comes a season where you need to make a big statement. Mm -hmm. And this is the big statement, a record transfer fee for um, Pepe. Yeah, but they need another good centre-back mm -hmm. who's like also massing a record fee. When Liverpool paid a record fee for Van Dijk in January, they went in summer to pay a record deal for Alisson Becker. But Roman, Arsenal have signed Saliba, but the only problem is they haven't got him until next season. Yeah, but the pro that's the problem. Even back to Arsenal. Because you sign a player who is extremely good. But my point is, yeah, because this is football. It's not science. With science, you can say one, two, makes three. You understand? One yep, plus yep. two makes three. In football, it's art. It's difficult to, to say this is going to be the outcome. However, what we've got is the experience of what we've been through games and seasons to be able to predict. You can buy one or two good players, but you need to buy top world-class beaters to fill in hope. And that's the difference between Liverpool and Arsenal. I 100% agree with you, Roman. Roman, I think. Roman, um, I just wanted to ask you about Naby Keita. He had a slow season last season. You know, he had injuries and he came into the AFCON injured. How highly do you rate him as a player? And obviously Jurgen Klopp showed a huge leap of faith in him to bring him to Liverpool. How good is he? He's good. He's a very good midfielder to have. You mean, 
anybody who followed the Bundesliga knew how well he played for Red Bull Salzburg. And even at the end of last season, before his injury, he was really good for Liverpool till he picked up the injury. When he got even in the African Cup of Nations, in the game he played, he was very good. But the problem with him is that he can't seem to shake off his injury concerns. Okay, so is it... Roman, has this been a, is this a problem that he's always had or a recent problem? No, it's a recent problem. He didn't have that when he played at Red Bull Salzburg. The season before he moved to Liverpool, he played every game in the league. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the intensity in England is totally different. Mm-hmm. It's totally... And the number of games... Listen, you're playing in Salzburg, where your average games is not up to 35 games a season. And bum, you got to Liverpool, you've got Community Shield, you've got the Carling Cup, you've got the Champions League, you've got the league time for recovery is very low, training in between times, recovery, it's um, so you need to know as a footballer that the more you earn, the higher the scale is. So you need to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. It's a total different stuff. He's a very good footballer, but there are also good footballers who never are fit. Would you say... um? Let's say if Naby Keita, you know, is playing to the top of his game, how highly do you rate him in terms of Premier League midfielders? Where would you rank highly, him? Highly than I rate Jordan Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good metric, Rahman. That's Rahman, not. That, I thought you were going to say De Bruyne or Pogba. Yeah, Rahman, that's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Henderson is a very respected English footballer and he's always in the, the national team. He's one of the leaders of the national team. He's a captain of Liverpool. He must, he can't be rubbish to be that. But if Naby is on his game, Naby is ahead of him. So where do you rank him in terms of Premier League midfielders? Is it top five, top three? No, 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 no. It's a a difficult question for me because in the Premier League, he's yet to earn his coin, Mm -hmm. if you ask me. So it's hard for me to say that he's top five, top three. He's definitely not top three at the moment. He's definitely not even top five at the moment. He's not level of Bernardo Silva or Kelvin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not. He's not at that level. He's a very good footballer with huge potential that could be at that level. But, but, there th- but there's one name you missed out: Paul Pogba. Oh, Paul Pogba. Pogba again. For me, I keep saying. For me, Paul is one of the best midfielders in the world. But Paul Pogba's problem is that he's got an image that is bigger than the football he plays. Mm-hmm. You're talking of the world's most like attractive midfielder mm-hmm. the name Paul Pogba as a brand is bigger than the football he, and this is the problem he's got so if you know how far his brand goes and you compare it to the football he by far he was the best player at United last season mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's having a go at him so how come he didn't win the play of the season that's the problem because if if Paul Pogba listen let me say something if Paul Pogba is scoring more goals than the strikers at United do you think it's the right thing do you think that it's right that Paul Pogba should be scoring more goals than the strikers at United? Of course not. Of course not. So that Big should problem. tell you. That should tell you where he finds himself. So sometimes you need to look at the numbers. It's not right that a number six or at most a number eight has got more goals than strikers. Mm-hmm. It's got more assists than number tens. Something is definitely wrong. It's true. It's true. That's I, how you should look at it. I, I, I echo that sentiment most, most definitely. Um, so the, the the next question we wanted to ask you, Roman, is um is one on uh, Kalidou uh, uh, Koulibaly, the centre back for Senegal and for Napoli. So he's rumored he you know is there's been a few transfer windows now that he's been linked with different clubs. I think at one point he was linked with Chelsea. He's been linked with Arsenal and so on and so forth. 
But so why why is it that still yet he hasn't had that big money move to another club? Is he is he not ready for a, a, a big move to the Premier League just yet? I think the only central defender now in the world who's bad and Koulibaly, if you ask me, is Virgil Van Dijk. Mm-hmm. And I think that the problem with Van Dijk is that his agent is not as vibrant as the other agent. Okay. If I was his agent, it's easy to sell him. But at the moment, it's really looking like it's difficult. I would say, again, he's a player I have a very good relationship with. Too. We spoke at length in Egypt. I think he feels it's time for him to move. However, there are complications. He can't just get out. Mm-hmm. He can't just get out. These deals take time. They are complicated. Sometimes the players don't even... It's just like the issue of Ufesar. He wants to leave Crystal Palace, but he can't get out. Mm-hmm. It's so... It's not. He's a good player. He's a very good player. But he can't just get out because the agents need to find a club. The club needs to be willing to pay out the buyer club. The club needs to be able to meet his demand. So, mm-hmm. And I'm afraid I don't think that it could happen in the summer. What? So do you think he will move? Do you think I he's going to move? I don't see. I don't see stranger things have happened in football. But at the minute, it's hard. It's hard for me to, to see him moving anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah Roman. I just wanted to know, like in um, Afcon, which three young players should we be looking out for that you think are going to make it big? Okay, so. Um, Benasha, he's just moved to AC Milan. He was really good. He was, uh, he was a he player was of the really tournament, good. right? Yeah, he was a player of the tournament. Really good. I think 22 years, he just moved from Empoli to AC Milan. And he plays like Jorginho. So he's a very technical player. For mm-hmm. those who, who want flashy stuff, you won't appreciate his kind of skill. But he's technically good. Sports spaces, runs into them. He keeps the ball very tight. Benesha is humbling. Them Adam Unas, of course, Unas, everybody knows him. He plays for Napoli. And a very good he, he played really well at the Afcon again this particular competition and so um I, I i see big things happening to him if he's able to maintain his form last season and the one he showed in the african cup of nation and then um the final one i should say maybe uh Chukwezi of nigeria who plays for villarreal yeah, i, I think like him yeah yeah Chukwezi. he's got a, a, he's got something nice about the way he plays Keeps the ball, can dribble past one, two people. He's not a finished article, but he's a really good footballer also. So he's very young there and the age is very well, 20, 21, 20, 21. And so yeah, that age is good. Raman, what about Ishmael Saar? He's been linked with a rumoured move to Watford for like a record transfer. How highly yeah. do you rate him? I think he's good. I think Saar is really good also. He just also didn't click my view as... Um, a very good centre forward because this guy was in the same team and Nyang was leading the attack. I just didn't understand that one. And But I think that Nyang, for my money, didn't do well for Senegal and Saar should have, should have been given the nod. But he had a very good season in Turkey and so it's, it's looking good for him, I should say. Mm-hmm. We, we were, in fact, just about to, 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 to wrap up, Roman. We just wanted to say a massive, massive thank you. We understand you're, you're a very, very busy guy. So we really do appreciate you taking the time out, you know, to, for us to, you know, pick your brains on a number of these, uh, these different players and these different topics. You know, we, 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 we really do appreciate you, you, you know, you finding the time for, for us to do this because we would have never got this insight anywhere else. I think there was no one better for us to come to with these questions than you. So we just want to say a massive, massive thank you. We know our listeners are going to really appreciate the insight that you were able to share with us. 
and we're going to be following and supporting you very, very closely, you know, this season and, you know, continuing uh, to, to, to uh, you know, consume your content, your, the articles yeah. that you're putting out and all of the rest of it. You've done a, an absolutely stellar job for the African Cup of Nations, you know. Um, and, Thank and, you very yeah, much. And, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm more than willing to always help out when time is a friend. Of course. This is the way I am. Uh, a lot of people took chance on me and the, so we all have to help each other. Thank you, Roman. Well, you're like, a, you're like a big brother it. to the platform and we really, really appreciate your support. Thank you too. Thank and you too. We love what you're doing. Thank you very Thank you. much you, and guys. enjoy your Bye. evening. Thank you, Rama. Speak soon. So, guys, obviously, you know, we heard from Raman just then about a, a, a number of different topics. But I want us to go back in a bit more detail on the proposed move to Arsenal uh, with um, uh, Nicolas Pepe in particular. Obviously, yep. that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's massive news. And I'm literally just scrolling through um, Twitter at the moment. And it looks like Arsenal are trying to wrap up the deal in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. Wow. wow. Which so, is sounding like a journalist. Yeah, That's man. a typical it's lingo. A, <laughs> <laughs> so, it, I mean, it, it is looking promising. You know, I'm always one that never likes to try, like, jump to count. I don't, I don't like to jump gun. the gun. I don't like to count my chickens before they hatch. But it is looking like a very, very, very promising signing for Arsenal. Um, it's quite interesting also, considering the fact that, obviously, we were rumoured to have a budget of £45 million, um to spend. And... We were obviously the subject of ridicule. Everyone was bantering us, talking, uh, calling us installments FC, all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so for us to pull a signing like this off, it seemed like a major coup for, 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 for us, certainly, and a step in the right direction in terms of really making a statement uh, uh, of intent. But I, I guess I want to ask you guys what your thoughts are on, on the move. Um, is, is, is it the right signing? Is it is it the is it the priority that Arsenal should be focusing on, or is there other areas that they should be strengthening? Um, is he ready for a big money move like that? Does it is it uh, um, is it good value for money? All of these kind of things I want us to break down. Oh, Nicolas Pepe. I mean, mm. huh, this guy, he's a gunman. Yeah. You know, excuse yeah. the pun. No <laughs> yeah. pun intended. Mm. Um, I mean, this is a player that before he moved to Lille for ten million. Um, he was at Ange. Mm -hmm. He got like three goals in 30-odd games. You know, the season before last, he mm -hmm. broke into double figures under Mar Marcel Bielsa, mm -hmm. you know. And th this was a team fighting relegation. But this season, it really hit that next level. Yeah, yeah. Getting the, you know, the famous double-double. Mm -hmm. You know, 22 goals, 11 assists. And he's really put his name, you know, out there to say, you know what, I'm ready for a big move. Mm -hmm. He was uh, only bettered by uh, Killian um, Mbappé, Mbappé. As Rahman said. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I think it's a step in the right direction for mm. Arsenal. I think, um, like, a lot of the top four will be concerned about this signing because mm. this is going to, like, you know, send shivers down the, the rest of the league. I think the, the, the problem is, is Arsenal's style of play going to work to Pepe's strength? Um, obviously, we can only tell when the, when the time comes, but I think, what he would offer is a threat that Arsenal haven't had in quite a while. And they're going to have that ability to get, you know, the ball up the pitch really quickly with someone on the wings that can beat you 1v1, but can also run in behind. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to change the dynamic of Arsenal's attack. And <laughs> I can see Arsenal putting a few teams and, and you know, putting them to the sword and... Yeah, I, I can't wait to see him in the Premier League. He's the one player that I actually wanted Liverpool to sign. I've been saying it all summer, but it seems that he's going to Arsenal. And I think this is the start of a new sort of regime for Arsenal. So it's going to be really, you know, 
um, interesting to see how it's going to transpire. Yeah, Budge, um, you asked the question, does he solve the, the issues of um, mm. Arsenal? Um, he adds that firepower for sure, mm. but there's always going to be questions about at the back. And I, that's exactly what Roman just mentioned. Yeah, yeah but he was yeah. talking about you know him being at the game today, and it was the same old problems that Rare were there. Ugly. <laughs> and it seems for the past like five to ten years, Arsenal need a centre back. Yeah, Arsenal need centre back. It's well, the age-old question. Stop gaps, all these stop gaps, but, you know. Never. But but sorry, just to you know um, intervene in what you're both saying, I feel that. Like Liverpool's team, I know Rahman was, you know, drumming on about, you know, look at what Liverpool done. But Liverpool took three years to do that. It took three years to build this team. Mm. And there were always gaps onto, you know, Klopp said, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to break the transfer record. I'm going to sign Van Dijk. Mm. You know what, the next summer, boom, I'm going for Alisson. So these things take, you know, a, a, a period of time. And Arsenal fans have really been like, you know, scathing, you know, to their owners saying that, yeah, they always want to shop in Poundland. Yeah. They always want to, you know, looking for bargain bucket deals and mm. all these kind of things. But it takes time. It takes time. Now, if you're I think the, problem, big, the problem for I Arsenal players or Arsenal fans, should I say, this seems to be a problem for the past five to ten years. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about this regime. We're talking about previous of regimes. Course, but and now, Arsenal haven't spent the money of yeah. course but now this is a new infrastructure that's been placed in the club so let's judge it from the last 12 months you get what i'm trying yeah. to say and the thing is is that like arsenal are not you know they ain't got the wallets of man city or psg they can't go out and spend 300 million one transfer window mm -hmm. but what they can do is they can make elite signings each window and eventually over a period of time that will complete your squad and that's basically what liverpool done i i agree with you completely in that you know, it, it's not something that can be resolved in one transfer window. We don't have bottomless pockets. Of course. But I want to go back to the, the key point that I mentioned, which was priority. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that, I, as an Arsenal fan, speaking from uh, you know our perspective, I don't think any fan would have been upset if we took that amount that we were, were, were rumoured to be spending on Pepe and we said, you know what? We're going to buy a defender. We're going to go out and uh, buy Koulibaly, for example, and spend the whole budget on that. But the thing because about of the it, fact that the priority, even though signing someone of the ilk of, of, of Nicolas Pepe is a definite step in the right direction, but still it doesn't solve the problem of the leaky defence. I know you mentioned Koulibaly, but will Koulibaly come to Arsenal? And the question, the answer is no. Can Arsenal afford Koulibaly? No. They're mm. talking about the tune of, what, 100 million. Yeah. Arsenal don't have those deep pockets of reserves the market that Arsenal are shopping in, they're probably going to have to be looking for someone like a Lascelles or someone of that ilk mm -hmm. because Arsenal are in the Europa League. Yeah, but they're, they're fine. They're fine to Libra. Yeah, but that's we're talking about for this coming season. Yeah. He's a priority. Okay. He's coming in another 12 months. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to see what he can bring to the table. You yeah, know? but there's, so my question to you then would be, so do you not feel that there is a a, um, a centre-back who could drastically improve Arsenal's defence that we can spend £72 million on? The I don't As think an so. Example. I don't think so because let's say, for example, Issa Diop. Let's mm -hmm. say Arsenal went, you know what, we're going to throw 65 million. Does he drastically improve your centre back position? Yes, I think is, he is, does. Is he, is he much better than Socrates? I believe I believe is. so, yes. <laughs> yes. I think he would be yeah. better than all he would of our definitely, defenders. Yeah. I think he's, he's like, young, agile. He's got all the traits of a top mm. defender. Socrates coming towards the end, 29 30. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned on this show last season. He was running like he was towing a caravan. <laughs> I know he's got all these sprinting stats that he's up there, but I'm not buying that. <laughs>
yeah, and I mean, this is this is the issue essentially. I it's think not, I, 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 I sound like I'm a disgruntled fan and I'm not happy with the with with the signing, and and that's far from the truth. I am very very happy about it, but it's it's with a caveat, you know. If we're signing um, Nicolas Pepe, it can't be it. There has to be defensive reinforcements. There it has to be because yeah, but it we're seems still like gonna have the Tierney's, same. you know, closing in on you're closing on on Tierney. I think. I think maybe like the development of Rob Holden has made Emre feel that like maybe he can go another year with this defence. I'm not saying that this defence is great. Mm. I know Holden's coming back from a nasty, nasty injury, but mm. I think he rates him highly. He He's one of the candidates to be, you know, the next captain. I mean, but this is a player that's coming back, as you rightly said, from a nasty injury. How long is it going to take for him to get in tune with the game? You've got a disgruntled centre-back, Koscielny. He wants out. You've got Socrates. Mm. Who else have you got? Are they going to do the botch job of putting Monreal centre-back? Or what are they going to do then? Very then put Tierney left-back? I think that's what they Tierney, that means we're going to have three left-backs. I feel like they might just play Monreal as... Uh, uh, mm. What's it called? I mean, if you're going for top four, I mean, that's not the, the route you want to be going down. You need mm. to sign players that are fit for purpose. Of people course. that are specialists in of their course, role. Of course. Absolutely. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, we, we, we mentioned... Wait, that. So, so Bush, just a quick question. If yeah. you did sign Tierney and you signed Pepe, as well as the Sabalos um, yeah, deal yeah. on loan, what would you rate that transfer in out of 10? And do you think that's enough to get you into the top four? I would rate that a seven and a half out of 10 window, because I feel then we would have addressed a few key um, issues in that we, would, we, we now have... I, I wouldn't necessarily say a, a, a like-for-like replacement for Ramsey, but still we have a creative midfielder. I feel like the, 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 the players that we have in the centre of the park at the moment are a bit more um, defensive-minded. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so uh, the, the, the signing of Ceballos definitely helps us uh, going forward. Um, you know, you guys know very well how, how I feel about um, Kalasanac defensively. I feel like the the, mean, the, the, we, the whole we, issue with, with, with him and Ozil is probably the first time he's defended in his life. <laughs> um, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, people are talking about him, you know, after what he's done. He's the best defender in yeah, the world, of man. Course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's quick to forget, right? But I think signing Tierney definitely, again, is a step in the right direction. We're addressing a key issue because Tierney's good going forward, but he's also good defensively. Um, and of course, if we sign Pepe, like Dot mentioned, you know, he probably would be the only player in our team that can beat someone 1v1. So those are key oh, yeah, but issues. I forgot you do but have Mkhitaryan as, as well. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. I hope we don't have him come into the transfer window, but those, 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 uh, those wages are definitely a sticking point. But I mean, yeah, I'd rate it a seven and a half out of 10. If we rated, if we, if we got a centre back in, a proper centre-back who can come in and, and shore up that defence, 10 out of 10 window for me. Butch, who in the market, the current market with Arsenal's budget, do you think can... That, that's where it gets really, really tricky because... I swear the issue, issue with, with um, Regani. Regani, I would, I, would, I would like that deal. I would like that as a loan, as a loan deal for, for, for Juve. Uh, from Juve, sorry. Um, but I mean, yeah, the issue that we have, and we've spoken about this before as well, is the fact that there is a bit of a shortage in terms of top quality centre-backs at the moment um, in, in Europe. Um, so if we could get Regani on a loan, do I, I think I'd be happy with that. 
But of course, you know, I, I, I say all of this now. Um, there still is quite a bit of time left in the transfer window. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be ever the optimist and, and, and the glass is always, always half full. So let's wait and see how, how things transpire. Um, and, and, and hopefully in the next week or so, we'll be having a very different conversation. You know, I can you know, be strutting my stuff and have my head held high, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think, I think that's, that's pretty much it. I think that's all we've got time for, unfortunately. Um, of course, we're gonna we're, we're gonna keep the episodes rolling in. We are uh, closing in on the on the start of the new season. I'm sure you guys are all as excited as we are about it. I want to use this as an opportunity for us to plug the Twitter. So if you're not following at this point in time, then make sure you do follow at podcast underscore tbg. Whenever you are you, whenever you're tweeting or engaging with us, please make sure you use the hashtag tbgpod. Um, also. Uh, you you should know by now that we're we're on a few more platforms. So now it's not just SoundCloud and uh, and Twitter, but we're also on Apple Podcasts. So subscribe to that. Leave a five star review. Of course, make <laughs> sure you do that, man. Um and and yeah, man, just help us to continue, help us to continue to grow the platform. Follow us on Spotify, um and, and share it amongst your friends, your family members, your work colleagues. I know we say this time and time again, but you honestly have no idea how important it is for you to do that because it help us it helps us grow the platform i think we're now on just over 500 followers the next milestone is 600 we're closing in on that and before before long we're gonna reach that a thousand mark 100 percent. so continue to help us to do so man and and yeah i just want to say thank you again for listening in up until this point in time uh keep keep locked in keep stay tuned because we've got big things coming believe me <laughs> believe me we've got big things coming so i think that's that's it from us over and out What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.